0: Hello, Internet, and welcome to a very special edition of the Rough Drafts podcast. We are now into Group D of the 2016 League of Legends World Championship. We've gotten Group A out of the way. We've gotten Group B out of the way. We've gotten Group C, and I don't know if any of you also passed kindergarten like I did, but D comes after C and before E, and that's okay with me. (laughs) And joining me... On the other line, I just came up with that rhyme. Just like I was like, okay, how do I make this funny? I make I, a rhyme.
1: I think you just unlocked a <laughs> rhyme in kindergarten that they taught you over and over. Just one of those memories you didn't realize you had. Like that was that was just too on point. I'm not sure I believe that is a natural.
0: I I already made the Jackson Five joke in the last podcast, so I can't I can't really. And if you want to hear that Jackson Five joke, it's at the end of our EDG podcast, which you can find on YouTube searching. Up, Rough drafts podcast and on SoundCloud and iTunes. If you look up esports rough drafts, I am a company man. Da 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 da. Little fantasy focus podcast joke. But Chase Wassener, the red shirt king, is joining me on the other line as always. I I feel like it's not a surprise anymore. Where we're like, okay, guess who my guest is today? Oh, you know, Walter and Chase.
1: <laughs> it's uh. It's the uh, the vine, that seven second vine, where it's like, who's that Pokemon, Pikachu? It's Clefairy, <laughs> you know? It's that kind of like one day. Buff from above. Well, one day it's gonna be somebody else, and people are gonna be so confused. It'll be like the best April Fool's Day prank <laughs> ever, where we find two people who kind of look like us, and everyone's like, "What? Wait, wait, wait. I got it, I
0: got it." But, Ladies but, you, and gentlemen, I need to introduce you to to my fraternal my my twin, uh-huh. my. Siamese twin, Nicholas Fedchuk. I see. Hi, guys. I'm Walter's twin, Nicholas, right here. Chase has a new co-host. <laughs> I have better th- eyes than Nick. I have better eyes than Walter. That's literally all it is. is that I it's see.
1: Fun? You know, it's, it, look, if we learn anything from the Superman comics, it's that glasses can absolutely change how people view you 100%. It's perfect. But you know what? We're talking about a team that <laughs> perfect is probably the last word I would use. Uh, they're a team that had a lot of hype around them in the regular season. And rightfully so, because they had an amazing regular season. They're a great feel-good story and the whole rise to fame that they have had from the dumpster dregs of the spring to now being a world's bound team in the summer. And they have been put in Group D. And if, you know, D can stand for a lot of things, but D stands for death, I think, more than anything else here. So uh, let's talk about Splice and see what chances they actually have to make out of this group.
0: Rochester, New York's own Splice that plays in the European League Championship Series and has a European Call of Duty team. And I don't know what Marty is thinking. Like, I think he should just move to Berlin at this point. But yeah, uh, Splice is probably, their offices are probably like, I don't know, a half an hour away from where I live. I don't know, Marty, hit me up. (laughs) <laughs> I want to come talk to you and, and look at the offices. That'd be pretty awesome. But yeah, I that's always that always has amazed me when this organization was first formed. And I actually like had to pay attention to them. And I like was just like randomly looking at Marty, the owner's uh, laser chicken, the owner's page, and was like, he's from Rochester, New York. They're based out of Rochester. That's so cool because there's pretty much no organizations that are based out of the Northeast, let alone Rochester, New York. And yes, go ahead and Google it real quick, folks. It's actually a city. It's between (laughs) Buffalo and Syracuse. And if you don't know where Syracuse is, well, we're just northwest of New York City by like four hours. Man, this New York geography
1: podcast is really fascinating. (laughs) But I'm just going to go on and talk about Splice. So, Laser Chicken, by the way, is the best name for an owner. I love that he has the guts to do that. And I also love that he had the guts to stick with his team even when they were in relegations. Like, it is so easy for owners to hit the panic button. We have seen the panic button so many times in the LCS – uh, NRG was a great example of a team that hit the full panic button. They're like, oh, we only got fifth place. Let's get rid of everything. And then Impact <laughs> went on to be a god once the meta turned over his way, and all of the other players that they p- pulled up were pretty much terrible, and they're like, I, I may have made a mistake there. I- you know, and, and it would have been very Oops. easy for Splice to do it. And honestly, had Splice gotten rid of Yamato Cannon, had Splice gotten rid of... You know, guys like Kabi who looked terrible in the spring, uh, yeah. we wouldn't have blamed him in the slightest. Uh, but they didn't. They, they ended up trusting that, you know, Wonder could fit in this team, that there was a balance that needed to be struck, that they could figure out that with the right support, Kabi could look like a, you know, if nothing else, a competent AD carry. And the fact that he's a second team All Pro, I mean, this is the only team in Europe in which every member of the team is an all-pro player. Even G2 couldn't get Expect onto that all-pro list, though, to be fair, he and Kick has split a lot of time if you look at the overall years, so it would have been very hard to justify that vote, even if Expect was the top-three top laner, which, by the way, he isn't. So, oh. you know, you have a lot of guys here who last year we wouldn't have even considered to be an all-pro guy. If I, you, if I told you last year all five guys on this team would be all pros. You would have looked at me like a crazy person. Uh, That they would have the second highest rookie of the split and it would only be because there would be a Korean guy that came out of nowhere and single-handedly dragged Giants into relevance for like five (laughs) minutes. So, you know, it's just, it's an incredible story and I, I think that You know, uh, Marty, Laser Chicken, whatever you want to call him, deserves a lot of credit for that. And I think Tomato Canyon, as we like to say, (laughs) as much as I give him crap for his time at Rockad, and as much as I thought in the first split that he was trying to force a lot of things, he finally sat down, looked at his team heading into summer and said, what does this team do? What are their actual skill sets? What are the things I can make them into that make them a threat? And they became a really solid team-fighting team. You know, the thing that makes them all great, it's not that they're all individually powerful laners. In fact, I'd make the argument that Kabi and Senkux are well below average laners. But what they are are a team that if you're, you know, even or within even a couple thousand gold at the 25-30 minute mark, Mm -hmm. they can out-team fight you. Their target selection's on point, their shot calling is there. Uh, Trashy's done a really good job of, of making sure that you know, the team is in the right place at the right time and that the engages come through properly. And that's enough sometimes. Uh, that, That has been their path to victory, and it's also been the reason that they went down to regionals and how they almost lost a game five to Unicorns of Love. So it's an interesting team. It's a team in which I am, on the one hand, so happy that it all worked out, and on the other hand... Wondering if we couldn't have given that three seed over to uh, you know someone like a KT Rolster or World Elite or a J team that still had a pulse, you know, if that's if that team existed, you know, there's it, it's hard. I mean, it's it's there's there are a lot of question marks around this team right now that did not exist back when they were beating H2K in the semifinals.
0: Now, now come on, Europe is a much better region than the LMS. They deserve to have three seeds. Come on. Come on, just just give me just give me credit here. No, but you're 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 completely and one hundred percent, absolutely, you know, true and spot on in pretty much everything. Uh, I would not have believed you if you said any of these players were going to be all pros, let alone that their top laner would be first team all pro. Yeah. Uh, which, which is kind of funny because we look at last split and for the majority of, of the early part of the spring split, from like weeks one till six or seven, we looked at Wonder as this guy who took so much, you know, so many resources from the team, constantly split pushing, constantly getting all this extra farm that we're like, shouldn't your eighty carry or your mid laner get all this? He was, you know, the second... Best laner in terms of laning statistics, so gold difference, CS differential, you know, at 10 minutes behind Vizachachi for at the end of the split in the spring. And there were some signs for wonder that there is a chance that maybe he'll get somewhere, uh, you know, with all the resources they're giving him. There's a reason they're doing that. And he finally flourished. And yeah. he was undisputedly the best top laner in Europe. And I don't think it was close. I don't think Odawamne was close. I think Vizuchachi may have been probably the closest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Wonder just straight up in lane is a better player in the laning phase than than Vizuchachi. I think he's a little bit smarter in terms of his teleport usage when he is in split pushing. <laughs> but he he especially was the surprise to me uh, that he came out and came back so, so dominantly. And some people will go, well, why isn't it Kabi then? Why don't you say Kabi? Because Kabi was a dumpster fire last split and I look at it and I go you know some of it is is his own own improvement I don't see a lot that he personally improved I think he just got more used to playing against better 80 carries mm-hmm. and some of the 80 carries in the region definitely took a step back um, not having to play against forgiven much helped but you know the second best 80 carry isn't playing for 80% of the season but oh, well, oh, there you go come on come on <laughs> you know? For first week for Given was
1: terrible, and it's not like them getting four games off in a split is what made the difference with Kobe. No. I'm no. gonna cut you off right there what? because Kobe, the was with with Cobby the difference with Kobe Yeah, Mickey, oh Mickey, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blew Kobe's mind and made him an actual AD <laughs> Carrie. Go Mickey. That's you know, and, and honestly, I, I think that you know, you look at what Mickey does, and it's not anything you know that immediately pops out to you is like oh yes this is the one thing that he does that right. is, that is just so huge but this is something we've talked about in a lot of different podcasts the the difference between a bad support and a good support as far as what you're capable of as a team is So massive and so underrated. When you have a bad support, it means that you're giving up kills in the bot lane early. It means you're constantly having to play from behind in a position that does a lot of damage in teamfights. It means that your warding's off. It means that your roams are off. And because he has Mickey now, he has been able to, you know, have at least, you know, I won't say a great laning presence because he still had a negative 5.2 CS differential in the playoffs, but he was still doing things, he still managed to be, you know, in team fights, doing damage, being a significant part of why that H2K series went the right way when, you know, we had Wonder on Nar five games in a row, just constantly setting up the right team fights for him. Uh you know, and, and Mickey does a very good job of roaming and getting that vision down. I think his words permit it, uh you know, don't necessarily tell the full story. Uh, because it's where he places the wards. It's where he puts the vision, because he and Trashy both communicate very effectively in making sure that they know where the vision needs to be so they can make the right play at the right time. They have a very good sense of how the mid-game should go. Uh, the, you know, and, and the thing about Wonder, you, know, you bring up that we, we talk about him a lot. Well, the funniest thing is that he's gotten better because they've given him less resources. Because he's not getting as high. I think at his highest point, he was getting like 25.3% of his team's gold share. Which for a top laner is absolutely insane. You have to be nuts to do it. Especially when it was like a tank kind of meta for a lot of that. And it was like, why are they doing this? Like, it clearly wasn't working. But now that they've put focus elsewhere, it's allowed Wonder to actually play to his strengths. It's allowed Wonder to have you know, a, a good to decent, you know, laning phase. He has a CS differential in the positives more often than not. And, you know, he's not going to necessarily be getting any early kills. This is not a team like H2K that likes to go for crazy first bloods. But they are a team that, you know, once Trashy hits level six, they'll go for smart, intelligent ganks. They'll use their teleports effectively. They'll have wards, like I said, in the right place at the right time. And all of that translates to good... Team fighting. And if team fighting was the only thing that mattered in winning a game, Splice would be a spooky, scary, you know, once again, another St. Louis Rams like team that could potentially get out of this group, in my mind. Unfortunately, this game is not just about team fighting. And they have significant problems in terms of Baron control, in terms of Dragon control, in terms of. You know, making sure you know, some of the things we talk about with wildcard teams like INTZ of just making the correct macro decision after they get a team fight. And when you've played in the EU L C S and you won as many games as you did in the regular season, you'd think they'd figure that stuff out. <laughs> but instead we got the sloppiest regional finals I think Europe has had in a long time. Where I, I think Either team getting through, I, I had no confidence in. And it's you know, as as much as I'd love to focus on the 3 2 victory over H2K because Wonder played an amazing series and certainly they were able to out team fight a team that people are now giving a lot of credit uh as far as what they might be capable of over in Group C. I can't shake the fact that when push came to shove and it was Splice's series to lose, they almost lost it. And they needed a 60-minute game in order to pull out what should have been uh, Unicorns of Love victory in Game 3. They could have lost this Series 3-1. I don't know how you do that against a team like Unicorns of Love and then have me supposed to say, oh yeah, but they could totally get out of Group
0: D though. Like I well, just it's a disconnect to me. See see that's that's the one thing is that I, I don't want to make this about Unicorns of Love. I don't want to make this podcast about Unicorns of Love because they right. did not make it. They did lose that series and, mm. and splice us the the third seed representative from Europe. I, I will tangent for one second. I feel like we we kinda we kinda it hit Unicorns Love a little bit below the belt. We gotta give them some props. They did. They were the fourth team in, in Europe. We don't have to like it. We don't have to. We we can question how it happened and, and go. I don't understand how they do it. It's Unicorns Magic. Whatever. I don't. I think we're at this point where we kind of have to respect Unicorns of, of Love a little bit to the point that they were a game away from making the Worlds. And if you make it to Worlds, we have to give you some sort of respect. I do like the point that you bring up that basically Splice has this kind of philosophy this like internal philosophy that it's not the first blood that matters it's the last one mm-hmm. and they capitalize very efficiently off of their team fights i think they're in fact one of the the smarter teams in terms of getting objectives after they win fights they're very decisive in understanding okay we have enough health to go do baron we don't have enough health to do go go do baron I, I view it a little bit differently than you are. See, but that's Planet. the thing.
1: The stats in the playoffs don't bear that out. Their Dragon Control and Baron Control were below 50%. Mm-hmm. And I understand that some of that is the 1-3 loss to G2 Esports. Ugh. But they were also behind in that regard against the Unicorns of Love. Unicorns of Love got more Barons and more Dragons. <laughs> and, and it was one of these things where it came down to a, a lapse in decision-making. and And honestly... Uh, If you want to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I know a lot of people do, I know a lot of people are saying, you know, right now I can hear you screaming through the monitors. (laughs) Already I can hear it. You're like, Chase, Chase. This was the big stage for a team that had nobody with any sort of experience in a finals, in a win-or-go-home matchup against a a team with Visichachi and Hillesang that had been in that exact same type of series before and has a coach like Sheepy that knows how to prepare well for it. And to you guys, I say... Why should that make me feel any better about Worlds? Why is that a positive? Why do people echo this argument as if somehow this means that Splice is now suddenly magically going to be ready for the bright lights of the world stage? If they couldn't handle it against Unicorns of Love, <laughs> if, it was, if all of this strategy—and you're right. In the regular season, they were good at capitalizing on these things. But in the playoffs, they weren't they did had a, a terrible job against the unicorns of love. Rewatching that series was torture for me because yeah. both of those teams were making terrible decision after terrible decision. You can go back through. I live tweeted that series. There aren't happy tweets in that series. It's it's whoever wins we lose and can we please just, you know, have a, you know, a redo or give the seed to somebody else like nobody on Twitter those days was was in, in and you can go back through the series for yourself. None of that looked good. And it doesn't mean that the Unicorns of Love are, ba- are a bad team. They did finish fourth. They deserve credit for what they did, especially given how much turnover they had on the roster. It doesn't even mean that Splice is necessarily a bad team. To, you know, that would be shaking off the fact that they had the second-best regular season record. You know, They went 24-12 in the regular season with a team that you know needed to make adjustments early on, and, and they've adapted well. But this team, when the pressure was on, Collapsed. It was not a, st- a minor collapse. It was like they had an aneurysm and all of the things that made them splice outside of knowing how to pick team fights just left their head. And honestly, when I'm looking at this group, I, I say, yes, I know they can team fight well. And yes, I know theoretically they can play around objectives well, but their inexperience was so costly. And they, more than anyone, need to benefit from the Korean boot camp and say, we can learn from this. We are going to play teams, uh, like Korean teams, that will capitalize on every mistake that we make so that we learn how to do the same ourselves. And then, of course, we hear rumors that Korea doesn't want to scrim against Western teams anymore. (laughs) So then it's like, well, then I don't know how Splice is going to learn it. And I certainly don't believe that Splice is somehow going to be prepared when the entire world is watching them and that they're going to feel more comfortable if that's the argument that people are going to keep echoing. So I, I just don't buy it. I, I buy that this team has the potential to be an objective-focused, well-rounded team. That's not who they were in the playoffs. It's not who they were in regionals. And they got by H2K because they were better 5v5. And if they're going to have any chance of getting out of this group, that is the one thing that they will have to depend on is that so, 5v5 shot selection team fighting.
0: It, it, it sounds like they're not getting out of the group, according to you.
1: I think it's a 5% chance. I think that, You're giving INTZ a better chance to get out of their group. They're in a weaker group. I, group group uh-huh. C has two teams in H, AHQ and H2K that I think have fatal flaws. I think the rest of the teams in Group D are good I think TSM Fair is one enough. of the I have TSM as the third best team in the world right now. And I know you hate when I say it, which is why Don't I will continue say that. I will continue to say no. it. Absolutely. i can't stop, won't stop. stop. Uh and I like, just like Royal, I will never give up on that. And and you know, we're gonna get to my analysis on Royal Never Give Up Later. I know you have strong feelings about Samsung Galaxy. Like I don't know how Splice is supposed to handle these teams. Every single one of the teams we just named has veteran experience, have players that have been to Worlds before, or are orgs that have been to Worlds before, in the case of Samsung, at the very least. They're all ready for this. Splice wasn't a team a year ago, and half a year ago, we weren't sure they were going to continue being a team. So for us to believe that they're somehow going to, you know, we're going to fix all of the flaws from that Unicorns of Love series, all of the things that allowed G2 to wipe the floor with us in that finals, and we're going to, you know, be a team that is able to consistently win games against a Korean team like Samsung or a TSM or an RNG, and and all that's going to come together just fine, I think that is wishful thinking on the part of the European region. I think this is where we see the gap between two and three, and it's not... A talent gap. It's not even a potential on-paper gap. It is a I do not think this team is ready for the big show. And I, I don't think a month is enough to get them there. I would love to see them come back to Worlds next year, and I'd love to see what happens when they come back to Europe in the spring. I don't give them much of a chance at all in this group. It's too tough. There are too many good teams.
0: Well, I think the real losers... From Splice being in Group D or Riot Games because they won't be able to have Yamato Cannon on the analyst desk for for the group stages. He'll be too too busy getting his guys ready for the the. It's fine. He'll be ready for the quarterfinals. Crew. He and, we'll, he we'll and double.
1: Li- well, no, double lift's going to be fine this year. That's the real. We'll move see.
0: Up. We'll <laughs> see. But some some strong and and harsh harsh criticism from Chase. Come at me, Splice fans.
1: Hey. I'm at Redshirt King on Twitter. Let me let me know why I'm wrong. <laughs> watch that five game series between Splice and Unicorns of Love and tell me why I'm wrong. And, they will. And, and they you will. can
0: at Redshirt King. Second, we finish this podcast, which is happening right now. <laughs> so go watch that five game series and see what Chase is talking about. That's a great idea. But before you do that, go back and watch all the other other videos that we've done. Like I said earlier. We've done groups A, B, and C. We've done SKT. We've done EDG. We've done AHQ. We've done INTZ. Like, come on. We've done these great, awesome teams. Go give those a listen. Go give those a watch. You can check them out on YouTube. Just look up the Rough Drafts podcast. And then on SoundCloud and iTunes, just look up eSports Rough Drafts. And as always, if you want to tell Chase why he's so so wrong about splice or anything else about any of the other episodes past and present or future you guys can hit us up at at rough drafts pod and our personal twitters i'm at c underscore lol chase you said it a couple times but one more for the people in the
1: back look i'm telling you man at redshirt king i i i do not hate splice i wish him all the best <laughs> But all the best is going to be one in five if they're really lucky. That's all I'm saying. Peace out. I'm done.
0: <laughs> dropping the mic. I'm dropping the mic.
1: We got other teams at Group D to talk about the matter, Walter. We got to
0: move on. And we're, we're going to. We're about to go. Hey, hang on one second. It's, it's my Samsung Galaxy phone. I, I need to take this. <laughs> Until next time, Internet. Goodbye. No, God, it'll blow up. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs>